Hashtag Perspective, a conversation series with the top leaders. Patrick, I'm not going to be doing a long introduction. I think that most people already know who you are, especially in my network. But I do want to say a big, massive thank you because when I was in high school, your channel, your content was actually my first source of education about business and entrepreneurship. Like it really, it really inspired me and it made me feel a lot more confident with the choices I was making for myself or was looking to make, not just for me, but also my friends. And a quick story, we actually started a clothing brand, a little mastermind uh, group with a clothing brand called Obsession United as a way to get closer and influence each other positively. So I just want to say a big thank you and show you the impact of your work out here in Edmonton, Canada, right here. I love it. I am so proud of you guys. I love it. Thank you very much. And if you you don't mind, I want to hop right into our first question. My first question is, how do you prioritize your health, your relationships, your businesses? Like, how do you execute on those priorities and make sure that all of them get fulfilled and not just one of them or two, but all of them? it's, It's interesting. So what leads to the other one? Okay, not what is the end. What leads to the other one? So I need to make sure my health is good so I can have energy for my wife and my kids and my family. And then I need to make sure my family's good. So when I'm running the company, I'm not thinking about marital issue, kids issues, all this other stuff. And then from the company goes to financial, I have to make sure the company's good. So I don't have financial issues. And then I look at my financial issues so it doesn't come all the way back around. So everything stems from health first, then family, then business, then uh, 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 goes from there. But it starts off with health because like last night, I got home last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go out there. Haven't worked out today. I called my wife. I said, babe, I got to go. So I went home, wrestled with my boys for a couple minutes. Then I went straight to the gym, did a uh, uh, did my exercise, but I was doing a call with my investors while I'm on the cardio at Equinox. And then I'm working out hitting the weights while I'm talking to Mario. And then this morning, I'm up at five o'clock. I come to the office to prepare for the podcast on my way to the office, I'm talking to my guy investor in uh, Bermuda, and then I'm coming in to try to run the bit. And I got like 17 different fires to put out today, which, which is a very, very uh, 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 busy, busy week for us to finish off the year. Uh, so yeah, priorities goes that way for me. Got it. With the way you're running your life and how sometimes different priorities are, t- are happening, being fulfilled at the same time, would you say that times that can be stressful is that the best way to manage it? Is it better to separate uh, the priorities at a t- from time to time? What do you think about that? Yes, of course. As you age, your priorities are going to change. You know, And my priorities today are very different than my priorities at 32 when I was a newlywed for two years with no kids. And my priorities were different at 22. And my priorities are going to be different at 52. And my priorities are going to be different at 62. Uh, 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 sometimes this is why when you ask advice of people, you don't ask advice of where they are at that point. You ask the advice of where they were at when they were at your age. You know, a lot of times people like they'll ask a billionaire, you know, what is the biggest problem you're solving today? It's not going to affect you. If, if, if the question is being asked because you're curious, fine, it's entertaining. It's fun. Let's ask the question. But if you're trying to learn from a billionaire, whoever it is you're interviewing, you got to ask the question of, when you were at my position, when I was running a company, when you were running a company only doing $12 million a year and you're trying to hire somebody, what were you thinking about? 
when you were 22 years old, just got out of college and you got a big personality, you're done in some, you made some money in sales and you're the guy that goes partying and you got 15 different friends to choose from and careers to choose from. How did you decide what direction to go to? So it's those questions because my, if the 32-year-old Pat was talking to the 42-year-old Pat, and if I prioritize my life at 32 the way I'm doing it right now, I may have not been able to build a business. If that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. And from your answer, I can tell how reading biographies can be very useful because oftentimes we learn about someone like Elon Musk, we watch the news, and we pick out some pieces of information that we want to use for ourselves. But if we read his biography and dive into his youth, his 20s, for example, in my case, that can be much more useful to learn from. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Awesome. I got my, I got my second question that I want to ask you. And this is the one that really, like, I'm really excited to hear your answer. You built a massive organization. So when building the organization, what were the key moments in growing it from no agents to 500 to 10,000, 17,000? Like, how do you go from an apartment like this to tall building like that? Like, how do you build an organization from stage to stage? Yeah. So everything, you know, one of the most basic fundamental things that I live by is beating my prior best. When I tell you beating my prior best, everything I'm ever doing, I just want to beat my prior best. So what is my prior best for having the most money made in a month? If it's $3,000, I just want to be $3,000. So if I make $4,200, awesome. Now I want to beat $4,200. What that does is I'm never, I'm never too worried about the guy up on that high rise because I'm beating myself. A lot of times, if you compare yourself to the guy on the high rise, you will actually get weaker. It's like when you go to the gym and you're at a gym and let's just say you're 140 pounds, and you can barely bench press 95 pounds, and you can barely curl 20-pound dumbbells, and you're at a gym with a bunch of bodybuilders from Mr. Olympia, it's probably not a good situation for you because you're going to sit there, you're going to compare yourself, oh my gosh, look how big that guy is. He's bench pressing four plates. He's bench pressing this much. You know, that guy's squatting 500 pounds. There's no way I can do that. You just got to focus on going from 200 pounds to 210 pounds to 220 pounds. So the way I got to that level was I had one office. I was in Northridge, California. We had 66 agents to start the company with. And I sat there and I said, how can we open up our first other office? So we did. It was Riverside. Cool. Then I said, how can we open up our first office outside of the state? We did. It was in Hollywood, Florida. Cool. How can we get one additional carrier so we have more options? Great. We got AIG. Awesome. How can we get two more employees to help us out with it? So it was that gradual process that you're going until you have leaders who are independently passing down the culture and sharing it with others where the company goes to the next level. That, that doesn't happen overnight. That takes some time. But the most basic fundamental thing that I talk about in the book, Your Next Five Moves, that just came out three months ago, you know, once you identify who you want to be, okay, and, and you know, what kind of a life you want to live, that's the most difficult thing for people to do. Do you want to be the entrepreneur? Do you want to be the entrepreneur? Do you want to be an employee? Do you want to be an executive? Do you want to be a salesperson? Do you want to be biz dev? Do you want to be an inventor? Do you want to be an investor? Once you identify, I kind of want to go here. I kind of want to go here. I kind of want to go here. Then from there on, you want to compete with the marketplace. You have to have strategies in place to figure out a way on how you can improve your current situation today and not constantly compared to the guys all the way at the top because it can be very discouraging. Patrick, that was a lot of information and a, a lot of very useful tips. I'll have to go back 
and rewatched it to really get the most out of it. I think my biggest takeaway from what you just said is focusing on my present situation, making sure to understand where I'm at instead of focusing on the other guys who are who might be doing better or worse. And then from that place, really strategizing, how do I get to the next stage and the next stage and being aware of those, those pieces. My next question I have for you, Patrick, is as someone who wants to build an organization himself, anybody that's listening to this podcast, um, what's the worst case scenario? So in your 11 years of building the PHP agency, what was your most tough situation, your toughest moment? And now looking back at it, does it still seem as difficult or did your perception of it change over time? Yeah, it's always today. It's always today. And the reason for it is because, uh, you know, 11 years ago, the problem I was facing, I'd laugh at today, you know? Uh, uh, nine years ago, the problem I was facing, I would still laugh at today. But when I'm in it, in the heat of the moment, it is not funny at all when you're in the heat of the moment, right? Today, I'm facing stuff today in the company I've never faced before. So first time I'm facing the issues that I'm facing today. Uh, I don't have any experience in what I'm facing today. I don't know what it is to possibly consider taking a company public. What are the ramifications? What are the liabilities? What do I need? How many employees do I need? Who do I need in finance? What is my level of accountability? Do I want to go public? Do I not want to go public? What's the upside? What's the downside? Do I want the public to know exactly what my numbers are on a monthly basis? If I go there, do I have to be here? Can I work remotely? Do I have to be based out of Texas? If I uh, notice right now with COVID, with the direction everything is going in, how do I manage other companies that are recruiting my employees that are willing to let people work remotely? How do you manage that? What do you do with that? We don't know what to do with that. We've never had to deal with that. It's always the problem you're facing today. All the stuff that I face, like when I'm single, I'm like, am I ever going to find a wife? Am I going to be, you know, then you're like, oh, am I going to be with a good father? Can I handle being a good father? Oh my God. Can we handle one kid? Can we do two kids? Oh my gosh. Can we do three kids and run a company and be married? How do you handle everything at some point is overwhelming, but uh, you know, there are, these are areas where you have to trust like the, the power of faith, you know, like most people don't want to talk about faith. Faith is a sensitive subject because we don't we don't want to believe that we need a higher power. Uh, I think a number I read one time that said 87% of Fortune 500 CEOs all believe in a higher power. I mean, it's different faith, different denomination, but they believe in a higher power. Why is that so critical? Because if you put 100% of the pressure on you, on things you have no control over, you'll be miserable. You'll have panic attack, anxiety attacks all the time. Some stuff is just not in your control. And sometimes you have to have a little bit of faith that things are going to work out. And the definition of faith is believing in something you have not seen. So I posted something on Twitter the other day. I said, I said, I work as if I, I work as if everything I have control of, I give my best to. I don't, I don't leave it out. Like if I have control over, so I'm going to read you exactly what I said here. The words I said was about the fastest way to increase anxiety about things you have no control over. Is, uh, uh, is to stress about things you have no control over. If you stress out about things that you have no control over, you're going to create a lot of anxiety. I trust my effort in areas I have control over, but I put 100% trust in God in areas I have zero control over. It took me 25 years to embrace this concept, but it's never let me down, which means what? Whenever you're going through an upgrade, uh, what you have to realize, you're probably not good enough for the next level. And to upgrade for the next level, it probably means you need to improve in one way or another 
to upgrade to the next level. Can you do that? Will you do that? Will you make those adjustments? No one knows. The market is going to say, you're not ready for the next level. Or the market is going to say, good for you, Roman. You're ready for the next level. Interesting. So it's kind of like every time you, you're looking to grow and you take that first step towards growth, you push yourself into a position where it is very easy to be stressed because of, I don't know, maybe analysis paralysis or something else, overanalyzing things. But if you just make sure that you control what, what you can manage within your control and do that, uh, it can take a lot of pressure off. And that's, that's, that's kind of my takeaway from what you just said. Yeah. Awesome. That's about it. Now, this next question, really, I'm really, actually, I'm really looking forward to asking you this question because you briefly mentioned being single and finding a wife and building a family. I want to hear a perspective on dating. How can young guys like myself build relationships in their 20s that will contribute to their overall success, overall well-being, instead of being a distraction, like an obstacle? Yeah. So, it's so funny you're saying that. So, you know, when I'm single, when I was single, I had nonstop distractions as a single guy uh, trying to win, you know, and at the same time, those who are the most competitive, they have the highest level of testosterone. So they want sex even more. They want women even more. You know, if they, you know, they want to go out there and party and be in the mix and they have this edge that they have to them, right? So that that can cause a big level of distraction. Historically speaking, the, the ones who have the least amount of headaches and distractions are typically married with kids. It's just how it is. The people that are the, the that create the most momentum sometimes are those that have a steady relationship that they're not always having to go on Tinder, go on this website, go on that website, go on this website, because you're constantly chasing. Girl asked me a question the other day, this model out of Toronto, which she has her own podcast as well, and she's done some big work for herself modeling-wise. She said, what are you no longer chasing at this age? I said, women. She started laughing. I said, really? I said, I don't have to chase women anymore. You have no idea how much I loved it and how much energy I put into it because it's the hunt. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to see if I can get her. I'm going to see if I can get her. If I can take that same level of energy and focus of can I get her into a dream, vision, goal, something big to buy into, that same desire to want to get that goal and date her, take her home, whatever it may be, I put into this, I, you typically end up getting similar results. So how do you channel that fire from here to here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a guy that's partied a lot. I'm a guy that's traveled a lot. I'm a guy that's had a lot of fun. I'm a guy that did my part before getting married. And I think men need to do that to get it out of their system. But I think sometimes if you uh, cross the line, you can totally screw it up. Look what happened to Tony Shea. Uh, uh, Tony Shea, a guy who's worth a half a billion dollars, uh, former CEO of Zappos, who sold it to Amazon for a billion dollars. He can buy anything he wants. He can buy a Bugatti. He can live in a $100 million home. Uh, he can invest in any company he wants. He can have dinner with anybody. People, the right millionaires, billionaires knew who he was. But he was isolated. And he was isolated for too long. And he started testing this ABC diet, alphabet diet. Only eat food that starts with the letter A. Only eat food that starts with the letter B. By the time he got to the X, W, Z, X, Y, Z, there was no food. So he went days without eating food or drinking water. And he was testing this diet out and he was trying different drugs and, you know, ended up to him killing himself with fire and pyro. And the article came out reading about it. So uh, sometimes isolation, singleness, 
chasing too much can lead you to more temptations, to more temptation, to more temptations. And there are there is a tipping point that when you cross a line of uh, uh, being too addicted to that hunt, sometimes it's hard to come back. It's the point of no return. You never want to go to the point of no return. So many single people don't end up fulfilling their dreams and goals because they cross the line of point of no return and it's too late. Very interesting that you say that because being 21 right now, I have honestly never thought that way. But now that you bring it up, it makes a lot of sense. I, I know for sure that a lot of my temptations and my drive comes from being single, right? And I can see how being married to a good woman over the long run can actually t- eliminate a lot of that unnecessary running around and actually take that that energy and channel into the proper place. So I think it's very valuable. And I think the people that are listening to this podcast, guys like myself in their 20s, or even if you're older, I feel like it'll be very useful to get this idea and digest it and use it and leverage it. And by the way, keep this in mind, just because I'm married, it doesn't mean I'm not tempted. You know, the moment you get married, the next challenge you face is women who like married men. There are a lot of girls that like married men, not single. So once you're married, you're a target because now you become the guy that they can't get because you're married. So, But at least the amount of distractions is lower than it would be for a single guy. But distractions are never going to go away, never going to go away, whether you're 20 and poor, 30 and rich, or 50 and a billionaire, it's never going to go away. It's going to constantly be around you, but it's just figuring out a way to minimize some of those distractions. Hmm. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the extra comment because I think being young, sometimes it's hard to figure out some things, especially relationships. And hearing from someone like yourself who's very, who's ex- more experienced than me uh, is very, very useful. And my next question for you, Patrick, is, I think that a lot of people right now are confused because of the way things are, because of the pandemic. So what would you say that young entrepreneurs can do or aspiring entrepreneurs can do right now to make the most out of their time during this pandemic? Um, Never have we had to pivot and adjust and call audibles faster than today without knowing the results and consequences. Uh, no one knows 100% how to make remotely working remote work. No one knows that. Netflix comes out and says, we don't believe in working remote because there's no way it works as good as people in being in the office together. Um, but one thing has happened is you have to learn how to work remote. You have to learn how to uh, uh, leverage Zoom. You saw how much wealth the founder of Zoom created by having a product for something like this. So. I think if I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm sitting here trying to predict and trying to predict the future on what other things could happen. What other needs can we have? What happens? Is this pandemic uh, style going to be a normal style? Is this permanently changing some business models? Is this permanently changing the business model of restaurants where a DoorDash and some of those things are going to be doing better? Is this permanently changing the model of how I get my car uh detailed? Is it going to be more the model of somebody comes and I go to a car wash? Are we already there? Is this a permanent change that's going to take place to the way we communicate? Permanent way it's going to change to the way we look at sanitizers. Is sanitizers just going to be a thing for two years or is this going to be around forever? Are we going to look at handshakes uh, the same way forever? Or is there a time for gloves to come out where you're shaking hands and you're still feeling safe? And the way, what, what direction are we going in? So 
the world, uh, believe it or not, is relying on their younger generation to come up with solutions because they have more time on their hands to think about solutions than some of the older people do because older people have to deal with marriage, kids, career, jobs, finances, grandkids. So the younger generation can sit there and break some of the rules and say, what if we do this? What if we do that? What about about this? What if this happens? What about the next pandemic when it happens? What kind of insurance are people going to need? What are they going to feel to go safer, to be working out of place? What do we need to do at offices to make it safer? What product? There are so many opportunities for younger entrepreneurs today that can try to predict what the future is going to look like and come out with products, needs, and services for that time. What that could be, I don't know, but there are so many opportunities today. Never has it been easier to become a millionaire and a billionaire than today. Never. It's never been easier to become a millionaire and a billionaire today. So I think the younger entrepreneurs uh, are one, have more distractions than ever before because you got, you know, you got TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube videos, Netflix, da 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 distractions. But there's also never been a time where, you know, younger entrepreneurs can sit there and come out with innovations and just go rock the market. There's never been a time like that before. Right. I think what I want to emphasize for everyone listening is if you are at home in self-isolation and you feel like there's not much to do, realize there is an opportunity. If you start watching the trends and what's happening in the world, if you're young, if you have the time for it, free time, experiment with it. Look for ways to innovate because you can lead the innovation of this generation. Mm-hmm. We all have that power. And awesome YouTube channels like Valuetainment offer all the necessary resources for that. Myself, when I was in high school, I feel like I had this desire to be something like an entrepreneur. I didn't know what it really was, but I had this idea. And I feel like your channel was this pathway where when I went on the channel, watched your videos, I could connect the dots a little bit and take myself a little bit further and get a better idea of where I'm actually going right now. And I think that right now in times like these, this is the perfect time to double down on learning, self-education, especially on YouTube. So just want I just wanna throw it out there that if people have, are looking for a resource to learn, you say you had a new book come out, Amazon, right? You can order online, audiobook. Do you guys have an audiobook as well? We do, yes. We do, okay. Do. You wanna tell us a bit about your book? Yes, your next five moves, master the art of business strategy, um, is uh, is uh, is a book because the way I look at it, every everything I do in my life is sequencing. I think sequencing is something we don't talk enough about. You don't hear the word sequencing, and here's what I mean by sequencing: is uh, so imagine if you want to get married, what do you do next? Okay, do you first go and find the girl that you want to marry? Or do you first sit there and ask yourself, why do you want to get married? Do you first say, why do people get married? Do I want to get married? Would I make a good husband? Would I make a good father? Am I ready for it? Why do I want to get married? And unless you say, say, you know what? I do want to get married. What's the next step? Then you have to sit down and say, what can I not marry? Who can I not be with? What can I negotiate? There's no way I can be with this person if they have this, this, this. And then you sit there and you ask yourself, what am I really looking for? Am I looking for somebody like this? Am I, lo- I don't even know what I'm looking for. So if you don't know what you're looking for, maybe you got to experience a little bit before you maybe learn what you are looking for. So let's just say then you know what you're looking for, what you don't want. Then what do you do? Then where do you go look for them? Then who do you tell what you're looking for? So all of that is sequencing. You want to be a millionaire. Great. Where do I start? How do I do it? Where do I go? You are a millionaire. Your business is doing a million dollars. Your income, you want to go to 10 million. What do you do? 
What's your next move? Who do you hire next? Who do you fire? What money, what money do you raise? How much do you raise? Who do you put on your board? Everything is about the steps, okay? You may have a move 19. A lot of times people want to make move number three that messes the whole thing up. Where you have to leave move number 19 on move number 19 and focus on move number one right now and then move number two and then move number three. And this whole concept of your next five moves applies to personal life, applies to health, applies to finances, and applies to business. So in this book, I break down the formula on how we, I, myself, our board, our company comes up with our next five moves, no matter what situation we're in. And the five moves in this book that's covered is uh, 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 move number one is master knowing yourself. Number two is the ability to reason. How do you reason better? Number three is how do you build the right team? Four is master strategy to scale. And the last one is complex for some people because every time they read it, they're like, well, I never thought about it that way. Is mastering power plays because people will try to bully and put you out of business. If you don't have the right power plays, you won't be able to compete for too long. So all, that's all in this book called Your Next Five Moves. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, what I love the most about the idea of this book is that you talk about making moves at any stage. So it's independent of your age and your, your position in business. You can pick up this book and learn how to process your next moves just like at any stage of your life. So uh, to close down the meeting, because I think we only have about a minute or two left. I just want to say again, thank you for, for investing your time into interviews like these. To me, it means a lot. And I hope that one day in five, 10 years, maybe longer, one day you will see something to do with me or people that watch this podcast. You will think back to this day, Thursday, December 17th, and remember this, this interview and see how sometimes little, little moments, little investments of effort uh, create big impacts. And I hope that I can be an example of that as well. I fully believe it. I, you got a twinkle in your eyes. So I know you're hungry about wanting to do something big with your life. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much, Patrick. Any closing thoughts? No, just okay. remember, don't, don't let everybody scare you right now with the media that's the end of the world. The future looks bright. You don't need to worry too much about what's going on. This is the greatest time ever on what's about to happen next to civilization. And a lot of us can make a big impact, bigger than ever before. Awesome. Thank you very much, Patrick. Take care, buddy. See you.